One day I was sitting in my room and I didn't know what I was gonna do So I picked up my phone and I said at last I think I'll make my own podcast It's the No Content 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 Podcast I got no content I got no contempt. I got no contempt on my no contempt podcast. Hi there. Welcome to the No Contempt Podcast. Sir Anthony Hopkins once said that once you accept the fact that there is nothing to fear, you will drill into the primal oil well. I believe when we do things without fear, we can do anything, as long as you don't worry about the consequences. Now, If we're looking at that from a perspective of Hannibal Lecter, obviously we do not want to follow that advice. But from the perspective of what we're going to be talking about today, that is good advice. So don't just isolate that by itself. Please continue to listen to the podcast so we can provide some context. Today, this episode is called Bold as a Lion. And I want to talk about boldness. I want to talk about not only what boldness is, but also what it's not, and what it means to be bold as a believer, to be bold as a Christian, to be bold as a child of God. In Proverbs 28.1, it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, I would love to say that I came up with the title of this podcast on my own, but I didn't. It is a scripture, and I did not think of it first. But there's no copyright on it, so I can and am using it. I like what the Passion Translation says of this verse. Guilty criminals experience paranoia even though no one threatens them. But the innocent lovers of God, because of righteousness, will have the boldness of a young, ferocious lion. I love the part that says the innocent lovers of God. In the amplified version of this, it says that the uncompromisingly righteous are as bold as a lion. I want to talk about boldness today, and I want to talk about what it is and what it isn't. First, I want to identify what boldness is not. There are a lot of people who say that they're being bold. There's a lot of people who claim to be speaking the truth, and they're not afraid to speak the truth when it comes to issues, when it comes to politics. There's a lot of people who are adamantly against the popular narrative of media and what people are saying, or even in the church as a whole. And there are people who even kind of pride themselves a little bit on not following the popular narrative. Well, I'm I'm one of those people who is not a fan of what the media is saying, not a fan of the popular narrative a lot of times, but we got to be careful because sometimes the desire to stand out or be different is not always coming from a place of love and a desire for the truth, but sometimes it comes from a place of just wanting to be different or wanting to be separate or wanting to just be an anomaly And that's not a bad thing in and of itself, but it really has everything to do with whether or not the motivation is love or whether or not it's pride. And so I want to identify what boldness is not. Number one, boldness is not arrogance. Number two, boldness is not being obnoxious. 
Number three, boldness is not pride. Number four, boldness is not being pushy. And number five, boldness is not being mean or rude. Now, I know I kind of breezed past those pretty quick there, but I'm going to expound each one of those. But I just wanted to say those off the bat. Those are not what righteous boldness is. Being bold for God is not thinking, I know it all. And it's not refusing to listen to other people or listen to other people's perspective. It's not getting in people's faces. It's not being annoying. It's not being irritating on purpose. It's not intentionally provoking people to wrath or aggression. Being bold does not mean that I'm being prideful. It doesn't mean that I'm bragging. It doesn't mean that I'm displaying myself in a haughty way. It's not me showing off. It's not me pushing my beliefs on people. And it's not me putting pressure on people. And it's most certainly not being rude or mean. I've heard people, you know, at different times, you know, be rude to to different people or be mean. And you hear people say like, oh, well, you know, that's just my, that's just my spiritual gift is I'm a, I have a prophetic gift or, and that's just sometimes comes out as being rude or mean. Um, yeah, no, that's not true. The Bible, Bible, uh, you know, talks about in first Corinthians 13, how love is not rude or unmannerly. And it also says that if you have the gift of prophecy, but don't have love, then your prophecy means nothing. So you can't use anything like that as an excuse to be rude or mean or say, oh, you know, that's just my prophetic edge. I like what my, my spiritual father, Keith Moore says, no, that's just your flesh. And there's no excuse for not walking in love. In fact, you know, walking in love is one of the greatest indications of spiritual maturity. I don't want to get off into this too much, but there's a lot of things that people call being spiritual. You know, there's a lot of people who like to twirl around and hoot and holler and, and, you know, all these things and nothing wrong with that. But, you know, people think flowing in the gifts of the spirit or or doing spiritual things or, or prophesying. Now that's all spiritual, but really the Bible says if you do all that stuff and you don't have love, it profits nothing. You're just making noise. Even, even if you're yielding to the Holy Spirit and doing it, your life as a whole is not amounting to what it's supposed to if you're not living a life of love. And so anytime you're doing something outside of love, no matter how spiritual it seems, really you're not being spiritually mature. That may be a spiritual thing, but it's not spiritual maturity. The number one mark of spiritual maturity is walking in love. And 1 Corinthians 13 tells us what love is and what love does. You know, Ephesians 4.15 says, Speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in Him. You know, it's one thing to speak the truth. It's another thing to speak the truth in love. There's a lot of people who think that they're speaking the truth, but really they're just speaking their perspective of the truth and their opinion of the truth, and they're not doing it in love. And they're not doing it for the sake of other people. They're doing it to just prove a point to get their point across, to win the argument. And that is vain and it's useless and it's not helping anybody. It's not helping you. It's not helping them. It's not changing anything. And it's not even bringing light to the situation because the Bible says if you're saying these things without love, it's falling on dead ears and you're just making noise. Even if what you're saying is true, if you're not doing it in love, then really you're not bringing light. And if people are not seeing light, then it doesn't matter whether that is factual or not. 
Because if you're not doing it in love, you're really not changing anything. I don't mean to sound harsh already. You know, I'm just a few minutes into this and I'm kind of, I kind of hit the ground running here. And I don't mean to sound harsh and I'm not directing this toward any particular group of people or anything like that. Honestly, I'm, I'm endeavoring to just speak out of, out of my heart and out of the spirit. But, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is not proud or arrogant. It's well-behaved. It says it doesn't behave itself unseemly. Love is not easily provoked. And listen, if you're being easily provoked, then what you're calling boldness is not righteous boldness. It could just be arrogance or, or just your flesh. But boldness, when it comes to righteous boldness and speaking the truth in love, if it doesn't have these characteristics of love, then it's really not righteous boldness. 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is not mean or rude, and that's what we just talked about. And, you know, there's a lot of people who, who get in arguments on Facebook and get in arguments on social media and call people names and do all this stuff, and they think that's them being bold for the truth. But re- really, that's not speaking the truth in love. If you're getting upset, if you're getting in an argument, if you're, if you're using playground insults to try to get your point across on either side, and, and you know, Christians do this, then you're really not doing anything. You're not affecting change at all because you're not speaking the truth in love. Even if you're using scriptures, if you're not saying it with the compassion and the love of God and everything that 1 Corinthians says love is and does, then congratulations, you're just a noisy cymbal on a drum. You're just like a kid banging on a drum set. Like, and that's not helping anybody. And, and in fact, it may actually be hurting and pushing people away from the truth. But another thing love is, is love is not pushy. <laughs> now, some people don't like this. And, you know, there are people who, who you know, God bless their darling heart, um, you know, try to do what you would call witnessing, but they're, they're doing it in a pushy way. They're doing it in a, a harsh kind of way. They're doing it in such a way that it's like you accept this or go to hell. You accept this or go to hell. Well, I mean, there is some truth to, you know, if you don't accept the free gift of Jesus, there, there is an eternal consequence for that. But Jesus himself was never pushy. And he honestly, many times he let people come to him. And, you know, God offers the free gift of salvation to all mankind, but it's up to men to receive that gift. And love doesn't push things on people. Love doesn't put pressure on people. And this is another message, but, you know, um, love, love never gives ultimatums or, or says, you know, oh, you, you accept this or, or this is over or, or like just tries to put pressure on people or tries to push love on people. And, you know, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Like that's not love. And, and I, don't get me wrong when I say love doesn't give ultimatums. Um, God does give mankind ultimatums in, in the sense of judgment and things like that. And I don't, that's not a blanket statement. So don't make that a blanket statement, but the nature of love is not pressure. It's not pushing. It's not forcing something on somebody. Love will present something. Love will offer something. And then it'll take its hands off. It'll step back and say, Hey, the ball's in your court. You know, it's your choice, your decision. And it always respects free will. And it never tries to push past that. Anyway. This is what boldness is. I just talked about what boldness is not. This is what boldness is. 
Boldness is fearless honesty in the face of lies or deception, or even just misinformation. Boldness is humble confidence in God that produces a lack of shame and fear about what is true. This reminds me of Romans 1.16 that says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. Well, you notice the, the motivation there is for those who believe. So this boldness is not selfish. It's not for my sake. It's not for me to get my point across. My boldness is for the sake of the people who need the power of God. My, my boldness is for the sake of the people who need salvation. So the motivation is not selfish or self-seeking. And boldness is selfless. It's for the other person's sake. And really, you know, boldness is being more aware of God and what he is saying than just what men want to hear. And it's appealing more to the need of a man's heart than what his flesh would prefer to hear. And that is what boldness is. A perfect example of this is uh, Stephen in the book of Acts in verse and in chapter seven. Bible says he was full of the Spirit and he spoke without fear, but he did it with love for the speak the people he spoke to, and he he even to the point of he prayed for them before he took his last breath, and. The Bible says his eyes weren't even on the people. He saw Jesus in heaven. He saw his eyes were on Jesus, and he just forgave the people that were stoning him. And, and honestly, the reason why a lot of times we get offended with people and we take you know persecution so hard in, in it such a personal way is because we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to be unrealistic and say that when people say things, it doesn't hurt or it doesn't affect us. No, absolutely it does. But the more we keep our eyes on Jesus, the less affected we have to be by what people say. And and that's something that does come with uh, developing your relationship with Jesus and it doesn't happen overnight. We're all human. We all know what it's like to feel hurt, to feel pain, and I'm, I'm not trying to be unrealistic about it. But the more we keep our eyes on Jesus and the more we grow in that, the less affected we have to be by what people say that's negative or hurtful or, or hard. Kind of getting ahead of myself there a little bit. But, you know, and, and Stephen is a perfect example of how sometimes speaking the truth will make people angry. Sometimes it will tick them off. Sometimes it will make them, you know, want to stone you. <laughs> but it's not because of the way you're saying it. It's because what you're saying is convicting and what you're saying is, is because the Bible says before they stoned Stephen, they were cut to the heart by his words. So it's not about you provoking somebody by being mean or irritating. It's the very words you say, you know, you could say it with the, like all the grace and love you possibly could, and it can still make people mad if it's convicting to them. And if you're saying it in love, but it's just the truth and they don't like it. And the world doesn't like the truth. The world doesn't want to hear the truth. But... When you say it in love and that boldness, it actually has the ability to convict and to change. But see, that's the thing. If you say it in love, it has the potential to convict people. But if you don't say it in love, it loses all its potency. And all it is is just a clanging symbol and a clanging noise. So that's the difference between those two. Anyway, moving right along. I'm already 15 minutes in, so my time's going by fast. I want to I wanna get through everything that's on my heart today about this. In 1 John 3, 20 through 22, it talks about, actually, I, you know, I don't have it pulled up, but I'm going to turn over there. 
um, just because I, I want to read this to you. I should have had it pulled up, but that's all right. You'll forgive me. In 1 John 3, in chapter, uh, chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we have, watch this, confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So this goes back to the first verse we read that the, the innocent lovers of God, the uncompromisingly righteous, are as bold as a lion. So the first step to righteous boldness is keeping a clean conscience. See, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he will use shame, he'll use condemnation to keep you from rising up and challenging him. And this is why James talks about submitting to God and then resisting the devil, and he will flee. So keeping a pure and clean heart before God and not violating your conscience, continuing to walk in love like we talked about, those are all so crucial to be able to have righteous boldness and to be able to have confidence to step out and rise up and do what you're called to do. You know, in just about every podcast that I do, I I tend to have some kind of movie example. And I really don't do that on purpose, honestly. Um, I kind of see it like how Jesus told parables to relate things to the people. Well, I think movies are the parables of my generation. And, you know, we're we all love movies and most of these movies are things we've seen. And, you know, I could tell you scriptures and give you truth, but if you don't see it in your heart and if it doesn't register with you in a, in a relatable way, it it really isn't doing anything for you. And sometimes I think I use these things just because they give us a clear picture and it helps us to just kind of identify with what it is that God's saying to us through the word. But the movie I was thinking about was Lion King. And obviously it goes along pretty well because the title of this is Bold as a Lion. And, you know, I was thinking about Lion King and, you know, uh, Simba and Mufasa and Scar and, and that whole thing that happened. And, you know, just to go with the point I was just making, you know, shame and timidity is not humility. It's actually a form of cowardice. Humility rises up knowing that strength comes from God. But boldness is knowing who is backing you up. And I, I couldn't help but think of, you know, how Simba, you know, when he goes to the elephant graveyard, you know, and he's being surrounded by the jackals or, or hyenas, hyenas or whatever. Um, and, you know, he's, he's trying to roar and he gives that little cub roar. And then all of a sudden it turns into that big ferocious roar, you know, why? Cause his dad was backing him up. Now I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit there, but his dad was backing him up. And, but thinking about like shame and condemnation and how those things keep us back, I can't help but think about how, you know, Scar blamed Simba for his dad's death. And he purposely did that to get him to run away, to leave, to, it it almost like reminds me of Moses, how Moses killed the Egyptian and then ran away to the wilderness. You know, it's like that, that shame and condemnation that kept Simba from rising up and taking his place as the king. And you know, um, people, people are counting on you to rise up and take your place in God, just like Simba. You know, they were counting on him to, to be there for them, but shame and condemnation kept him away and kept him from doing that. And, you know, you got to be aware of that. You got to be aware of that shame and that condemnation that tries to keep you from stepping out 
and, and doing what God's called you to do. When you step out and you speak boldly like Stephen did, and you say what God has put in your heart to say, you're not just speaking your own words. You're speaking God's words. In the same way that Simba, when he roared, and it wasn't his roar, but his dad was roaring behind him, that was the same way that it was that it is with us and God. Um, you know, our little cub roar is backed by his mighty roar when we're saying what he puts in our heart to say and when we say it in love. You know, God is, Jesus is the lion of Judah. And, uh, you know, God is not a softy. He is tender and he is merciful and he is kind, especially to us. And he's patient. But quite frankly, he's a nightmare for his enemies. And, you know, you can't really read the Bible and not realize that even in the New Testament, like God is not a pansy. Like he knows how to get in people's face when he needs to. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite frankly, I'm glad I'm on his side, but humility is not timidity. It's finding your confidence in him and letting that confidence produce boldness in you. In the same way that Simba ran away because of shame and condemnation, we have to be very careful not to be moved away from our calling and our, our place in God and what we're anointed to do out of shame and out of condemnation. Look, the past is the past, okay? And, and sometimes you got to just draw a line and just step past it. And there are people, like I said, that are counting on you to rise up and take your place in Christ. You know, the Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and whatever failures people have had or any of that, you know, um, that that was an event that happened and uh, life is still moving on. So you can live with regret over the past and let it keep you from doing what you're called and anointed to do. Or you can draw a line in the sand and say, OK, uh, today's a new day. We're going to get up and we're going to go after God with everything we've got. And uh, the past is the past, you know, like Paul said, leaving those things behind and, and pressing on to the calling of God. And, uh, you know, true humility has a way of igniting a holy boldness in us to speak up. And this is why, because you know the source of your strength. Uh, one of my, my favorite preachers, evangelist is Todd White. And I like this because not only does he have this boldness about him, but he walks in love and everybody he talks to, he has this compassion and love with, and he's not just like, you know, beating people over the head, but he, he really walks in love. And if you're one of those people, if you have a problem with Todd White because of how he dresses or his hair, or you think he's weird. I mean, honestly, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in your backyard a little bit here. I think a lot of people have a problem with, with Todd because his messages are too convicting for their cushy life. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying like, and I don't mean that to be like provoking or, or rude, like, but I'm just saying that a lot of times, like we tend to not like people who who challenge us to, to rise up higher to a higher level. And, um, but I really like Todd White cause I really feel like he's, he's got that boldness and that love about him and he's a good example. And if you don't know who he is, man, look him up. He's got some good stuff, but you know, David, King David, he knew the source of his strength and that's really why he was able to face Goliath with the boldness that he did. And again, back to Simba and Scar, you know, it, when Simba, knew his father was with him, when he knew that his father affirmed him and was backing him up even after, you know, even though he couldn't see him and feel him, that is what gave him the boldness to step up and face the enemy and, and take his place and to get rid of the oppression that was happening there. 
So, you know, when you know that God is backing you up, when you know he's roaring behind you, when you know he's behind you, you have that boldness to step out and step up to the place you're at. And even if, you know, people aren't affirming you or accepting you the way you want them to, the Bible says the fear of man is a snare. You know, in other words, it's limiting. It's It'll hold you back. It'll It'll keep you from rising up and doing what you're called to do. And if you have that affirmation from God, you really don't need people to affirm you because really it's more about ministering to people, not people, you know, giving you some kind of affirmation. You know, now, now don't misunderstand me. We all need people in our lives to encourage us. We all need people in our lives to pour into us and to, you know, if you say, oh, I don't need anybody. I don't need, you know, it's just me and God, you know, I don't need anybody, you know, doing anything, you know, well, that's kind of ignorant because God designed the body of Christ to encourage and to, you know, build up each other. And you don't want to get your eyes on people and, and be, you know, a, you know, pulling on people for affirmation, but also realize that God designed the body of Christ to encourage each other. And he will bring people into your life to encourage you. He will put you in people's heart to call you up when you need it. And he designed us that way. So it's not like being unspiritual to feel like you need some people in your life to encourage you. And like, that's, you know, God didn't design us just to get everything directly from him. Like our eyes should be on him and he should be the main source. And we don't want to rely on people or make people our source. But there are some things that God has designed that we get through each other, that we, that we receive through each other, because that's how he designed the body of Christ. Anyway, that's another message. But boldness, listen to this, is a fruit of spending time with Jesus. I want to read these couple of scriptures to you as I begin to wrap this up. In Acts 4, 7 through 13, it says, They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us by what power and authority you have done these things. So they're questioning them. They want to know, like, what think, what gives you the right to do what you're doing and to say what you're saying. And I love this. It says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered, respected elders and leaders of the people. Listen. You notice that he wasn't disrespectful. You notice that he wasn't rude and he wasn't, you know, ugly to them. Now, there are times Jesus said some things that were pretty harsh, but he he didn't necessarily say them directly to people's faces in the sense of like calling people out specifically. Most of the time when Jesus was saying those things, he was speaking to a whole group of people or a whole generation of people and saying, this is an issue with all of, all of you. Um, you know, there are other times when Jesus, Jesus purposely told his disciples to do things so that to show respect and not to offend. And so, you know, you got to be careful about, like I said, being rude and disrespectful and just dishonoring to people. You don't have to respect uh, wrong religions are, are wrong beliefs. No, those are, you know, wrongly influenced, but you can still show value and honor for people, especially people in authority, even if they're not believers. And that's not boldness. Being disrespectful is not boldness. That's just being disrespectful. And, and there's, the Bible has a lot to say about showing honor and respect, even if you don't think people deserve it. But he said, are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well, then you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. 
And and look how he was just so bold. He didn't, he's like, listen, you want to know how he did this? I'll tell you how he did this. And and they asked him, they're like, what what gives you the right to do this? He's like, I'm glad you asked. And he's like, is Jesus. He wasn't ashamed. He didn't back off of the name of Jesus. You know, we got to be careful as believers about not, not associating the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you had to be that kind of person who like, you know, is, is obnoxious and like everywhere you go and everything you say has to be spiritual and has to be, you know, but when, when an opportunity like this arises and somebody is like, asked you this question, like, you know, why are you this way? Why are you uh, so happy? Why are you, why do you like always treat people so well? Why do you, and notice in order to have these kind of testimonies, you have to be walking the lifestyle to correlate it. But you know, when people come to you, don't, don't just be like, oh, well, you know, I just, I just, it's just love or, you know, it's just like, you know, I just like people or no, don't be afraid to say Jesus is, it's Jesus, God, it's Jesus. Don't, don't be ashamed of the name. When the opportunity arises, don't back off of the name. And, you know, I've heard people, you know, say some debates about, you know, like, well, you know, should we be calling ourselves Christians or believers? You know, where did the, the name Christian come from and things like that? Listen, I'm, I'm not going to debate with you about titles, you know, things like that. I'm going to say this to you. Don't be ashamed of the name. Don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. Whatever you do, just don't distance yourself from that name. That is the name that has the power. That is the name that is above all names. And that is what produces the boldness. Whatever you do, just don't back off of the name. And when the opportunity arises to give glory to that name, don't pansy out. Don't back out and say, oh, you know, you know, it's, you know, I just love music or I just, you know, just don't be afraid to say the name. And uh, anyway, continuing in verse 13 of Acts 4, I'm almost done here. I know I'm, I'm going kind of long here. It says the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. And watch this. They began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. It's one of my favorite verses in this translation. You know, boldness is knowing your source of strength Boldness is knowing who you are in Christ, and it's living free from shame and condemnation, and it's taking your place in Him and receiving all He has given to you. First John 4.17 talks about how we can have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. And that's what they saw with the, with the disciples. They're like, we see Jesus on them. You know, Sometimes if you spend time with Jesus and you spend time in the presence of God, you don't always have to say things. You don't always have to preach to everybody or push. People will come to you. There are times people will walk up to you and be like, man, there's something different about you. What, what is it about you? I've experienced this recently with people that just started conversations with me and felt drawn to me. And I was just being normal. I was just being, you know, having a normal conversation about, you know, whatever. And there, there, uh, an opportunity presented itself to share Jesus with them simply because they came up to me and they started a conversation with me. And I just took the opportunity. Well, when you live in the presence of God, 
when you walk in the presence of God, you don't always have to go and like, you know, chase people down. You know, you, people will come to you. People will be drawn to the presence of God. I love this verse uh, in Hebrews 4.16, as I wrap this up. So now we can come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. I love that. Freely and boldly. When you know you can have boldness to come before God because of his love for you, I mean, who else could you not have confidence in front of? Uh, And I'm going to make this statement to you as I close. Boldness for God begins with confidence toward God. Remember what we read earlier in 1 John, how we have confidence toward God when we do those things that, that please Him? Boldness for God begins with confidence toward God. Honestly, that was worth you making coffee and charging your headphones. That was worth you making jelly toast and press and play right there. And uh, <laughs> I want to, and I know I keep saying, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, this last scripture, and then I want to pray this prayer with you and I'll be done. Acts four twenty nine through 31 says, So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. I want to end this by doing this, and I want you to pray this with me if you feel so inclined. And this is a prayer that I'm praying over myself, and I would encourage you to pray this today and and continue to pray it. And this comes straight from the verse we just read in Acts 4, verse 29. And let me go ahead and say this. This has been the No Content Podcast. I'm talking about being bold as a lion and what true righteous boldness is for Christ. And I'm going to close out with this. I'm going to leave you with this. I hope you got something out of this today. If you feel so inclined, pray this prayer with me. Lord, empower me as your child to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through me to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.